0: Come on in. Time for church. It's good to have you tonight. High five, like, a 100 people around you. All right? That's like, there we go. All right. Live streamers, it's good to have you tonight, whatever platform you're watching on. Uh, but before I begin, one one shout-out tonight. Today, today, for everybody to hear, including the whole internet live stream world, Well, I got a feedback or something. Um... It's Johnny Byrne's birthday today, so let's give him a hand. Um, yeah! I promised I wouldn't do that, so I did it. Anyways, but um, well, it's good to have you tonight. A couple quick announcements. It is youth hangout tonight, so as soon as worship's over, you can follow uh, Amanda, Eric, and Justice. Okay. Um, also, it is kids' church. Obviously, they're here for worship, but kids' church is happening afterwards, And to follow Chamberlain. Okay. Uh, September the fifteenth at Midwest Bowl or Southwest, is it Southwest or Midwest? Southwest. Some sort of West. We got a bowling night here in Urbana, so uh, make sure you're a part of that, like we did last year. it be a good times. The bowling night, and then September the seventeenth, that Sunday, we have baby dedication at the end of church. So boost sitting that, please sign in the back, and uh, we will be sure to increase your family that day. So that's all I want to say. Somebody stand up on your feet. Let's worship Jesus tonight. Please.
1: The breakthrough's on our side, forever lives him high, with all creation cry, God.
2: you
3: cross and he beat the grave every single time so whatever you're going through know that he has your answer he is the answer and he will be with you through every trial through every tribulation because he loves you so much he died for you and he would do it again because he created you you are his treasure his bride you are irreplaceable in his eyes amen and he is so worthy what this next song is all about. That he is worthy of every song that we could ever sing. That there is no one else like him. Lord, we build our lives on you, Father. And you alone. You are our firm foundation. For us for that day and the next day there will be new mercies for that day because you are the perfect provider God I pray that you would just soften our hearts for the message tonight and that you would just come that you would rest here in Jesus name Amen Amen well we're so glad to have you here with us if you could just go around and greet some of your family of faith tonight Let him know that you're happy to see him and youth and kids, you are dismissed.
0: An opportunity to do that, but, but while we're waiting, I'm just going to tell you I am more determined than ever that we are going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, amen. <laughs> Believe that I am more determined than ever, and I, I know that I know it looks like things just keep getting worse, but maybe I'm just an old, defiant soul, but it's just the way I am. I am determined. That we are going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And that's what the, the scriptures proclaim. I receive that. I believe that, and we're striving. Amen. All right, your tithe and offering. You have something to give. Uh, there are envelopes and chairs in front of you. If not, if there's not one way around, you can yell, scream, jump up and down. I'm kidding. Don't do that. Wave your hand around, and one of the ushers will get you one. And. Uh, as always, and we say it uh, so much, but I can't stress it enough that we appreciate your faithfulness, your giving, and what it means to our church. Uh, you know you know people, people say this: you know numbers, numbers shouldn't matter as far as you know how many people go to your church or, or the finances that are coming in, it shouldn't matter, what well, doesn't until it does, because it, it matters when nobody's coming. And it matters when nobody's given, you know what I mean? So, yeah, we, we, don't, we don't worry about the numbers at the same time. We appreciate your faithfulness and the numbers that come in. Amen. Because we wouldn't have a church without you. And uh, and I believe that, that God goes above and beyond anything that we could ask or think with the money that comes into the church. It's, and, and we pray for our stewardship that we do the right thing. And God honors that in the things that we do. So let let me, uh, let me pray over it. If you have something tonight, you can bring it. Lord, we thank you. Just for an opportunity to come into your house and be with you, worship together and be together, Lord. And, and we, just, we just love you tonight, Lord. And, and with all of our beings, everything that we are, that uh, we know that you are so good to us. And that you never leave us, you don't forsake us as we take the gospel to the world. But that means you're with us in all areas of our lives, Lord. And we thank you for provision and all the different ways you've looked out for us and helped us. We thank you for that. And as we give tonight, we just, we just trust you. We trust you. In Jesus' name, we all say, amen, amen. So if you have something, you can bring it. Uh, pull your Bibles out, Philippians chapter 4. And verse number 4 uh, is where we're going to go tonight. I'm going to throw a little uh, Dream Team commercial out to you. A couple things. First off, uh, I want to get together with the ushers right after church tonight. Um... But a little commercial, so our media team, the the computer deal that puts all the words up there and the videos and the graphics and stuff, we got like three people that, that, that do that for us, and one of them's on schedule somewhere else tonight, and a person that was scheduled tonight's sick and they're not there. So we're throwing somebody back there that's not even on the team. So we'd love to grow that team. So if you're interested in, in working the Mac and, and helping us with the screen and stuff, we would love for you to talk to me, and I'll hook you up and we'll get you trained, and that would be a blessing to us. Anyways, expand that team a little bit. So having said that, uh, I know that I think Samara went back there to help, so she's going to do her best. And uh, Philippians chapter 4 we are uh, kind of doing a, a kind of an off series of the Sunday series. So we, we've been talking Sundays, you are not good enough, dot, 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 and we're dealing with that attitude. In one sense, we know that we're not good enough, can't save ourselves, but in another sense, it is not in the design of God for you to value yourself based on your past mistakes. The Bible says that his grace is sufficient for you. That, therefore, then, where you are weak, you're strong, because his power is made perfect in our weakness. I believe that. And I believe that the grace of God gives you a future because you're able to leave your past behind. You don't allow your past to hold you uh, a prisoner in your present or your future. But, but you have to allow the work of God to do that. Because I, I think... Listen to me, I know the devil's out there, and and he does his business. And and in one sense, uh, I'm not scared of the devil, because I have Jesus in me, and greater is he that is in me than he's in the world. So I'm not scared of him. But at the same time, I don't think he's stupid, right? And I don't slander him, because he's, he's, he's not dumb. So he has a work, and he is looking for those whom he may devour, but I also know at the same time I think we are our own worst enemy. It's kind of like you know you've been set free from your past, but sometimes the devil doesn't even have to try you to, to get you to drag in your future. You do a good job dragging it there yourself, right? We got to learn to leave our past in the past. So we've been talking about some of these things on Sunday mornings. So uh, last week, part of this process of leaving your past behind uh, and understanding who you are in Him. Uh, comes with the renewal of your mind. So last week we spent the night talking about what it means to renew your mind. So we talked about three keys to renewing your mind. So I'm going to give them to you real fast again. Uh, They came in the form of questions. So if you weren't here last week, you can jump on board with this. Uh, The first question is, is when it comes to renewing your mind, you have to ask yourself the question, what are you feeding your mind? Because Jesus can set you free, but you can still fill your head with a bunch of junk. So you got to think protection. What am I, what am I protecting uh, myself from when it comes to things I watch and listen to or the things that I allow to roll around in my head? So what do you feed in your mind? And the second question is, uh, what things are you now uh, thinking about? And we'll talk a little bit more about that tonight. In other words, uh, you got to put some new stuff in there, the scriptures, you know, in your prayer life, allowing the Holy Spirit to interact with you in, in a way that, that uh, he, he is having an impact on the way you think. Uh, people around you that will encourage you, those kind of things. So what are you now thinking about? And then, then what goes with it is, then what are you casting down when it pops up? So, In other words, what are you getting rid of? So a thought or a negative thought process is in your mind. that You, you bind those things, you cast it in the name of Jesus out, and, and we have authority in him to deal with ourselves in that way. So three things about renewing your mind. But I, I want to get back to that second point a little bit. I want to talk to you tonight about um, negativity, okay, negativity. So Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 4, it said, rejoice in the Lord always. I th- I, you, how many of you have a Bible with you tonight? Okay. If you have something uh, to highlight or, or write with, uh, underline that word always. What does always mean, always? That means, that means no matter what, always rejoice in the Lord. That's a big thing. And he stresses it, Paul stresses it. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. In other words, your stability. Because the Lord is at hand. so, do not be anxious about anything. That, that's a big thing right there. That, that, I know that's, that's a, maybe easy to say, but maybe harder to do. Don't be anxious about things. But in everything, by prayer and supplication or prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God or pray to God. So when you face things in life that would make you anxious, give them to him. And because when you learn how to do that, then you can go back in this rejoicing always and then not live in your stress and your anxiousness and your worry. And watch what happens then, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, it'll guard your hearts, the seed of who you are, and your minds, what you think about in Christ Jesus. I think our minds need to be protected in Christ Jesus because anxiousness and worry and ultimately negativity thrives in your brain. Isn't that right? Now, it says, finally, brothers, watch this. It's about thinking here. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen of me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Okay, so rejoice always. If you got issues, give them to God so you don't live in stress. Let his peace overcome you. And then to keep this renewal happening, think on good things. I know that list. There's not negative stuff in there. You are not built to dwell on negativity because when you do, it'll downcast your soul, right? Okay, so in other words, the things of God ultimately promote life and newness. There's all sorts of things in our world that promote the opposite, Negativity or, or a negative thought process or a negative stronghold or, or even a negative perception of life is the opposite of that. And part of renewing your not mind is dealing with constant negative cycles of thinking. So, so, how about this? This is this. I could, I could, every single day, I could find something negative with about anything I encounter. And there's a lot of people that do that. And the reason is because you think negative all the time. Because problems and issues and things that aren't right are pretty obvious. And we could find those things with relative ease if we wanted to. Now, I'm not saying that we ignore things that are wrong or things that are problems or whatever. But we don't dwell in the negativity of those things to the point it affects the outlook of our life. I'm gonna tell you, gotta can I, can I be really honest with you. Nothing drives me more batty than a person that is just constantly, always negative. Drives me insane. And it's not—I understand that we go through things in life where yes, yeah, rough right now. I get it. I'm just talking in general. It don't matter what. Well, we, we, could have, we could have saw 100 great things today, but they're going to focus on the one negative thing, and they just want to talk about that. And I'm just like, are you serious right now? You know, Eugene Peterson writes that when it comes to church, that often we focus so much on the mess that we miss the miracle happening, and that drives me insane. I'm all about dealing with the mess, but l- l- listen, don't drown my miracle out. You see, right? So it is a process, a way of thinking, a perception of life that needs to come new with the newness of life. See, even to the point, by the way, that whole rejoice always, Paul writes another place, even to the point that negativity doesn't live in your mind, even to the point that James writes, hey, consider it all joy when you face trials of many kinds you're like, how can you write that? Really? That's sort of pie-in-the-sky kind of thinking right there. How can you write, when I'm facing trials that test my faith, I just count it joy. How can you write that? Well, because you don't dwell negatively in your mind. It's not you always got to be seeking out silver linings. That's not what it's about. What it's about is understanding, because I give my request to God that he can give me peace in return. And I don't have to dwell on it. Isn't that right? So we've got to learn to start to deal with the negativity that rolls around in our brain. But as Paul's writing there, think on these things. Well, I think on the scriptures. I think on what has God done. I start with my salvation. I think on what God is going to do. I contemplate the great things to come, new heaven, new earth. I even take joy in the joy of others. I think on those things. I think on the value of relationships. I think on things that remind me of the faithfulness of God when I see a sunrise or a sunset. There are so many different things that are good you can dwell on that instill the things of God in you. Start thinking on those things and start casting the negativity out of your mind. Because if you don't, it will downcast your soul self-help says think positive, not negative. I'm not telling you to think positive and I'll fix everything. I'm telling you to get God involved in your thinking. Because even when, you understand, even when God brings conviction to your life, it is promoting life to you. Even when he corrects you, he's promoting life. Everything about God ultimately pushes you to the promotion of life. You've got to deal with things within you that are the opposite. And the moment you start just dwelling negatively, negativity, you've got to deal with it and not put up with it in your own mind. Just stop. It doesn't mean you don't deal with this. It doesn't mean you have to work through things. It doesn't mean you don't face problems. I'm not saying that. But you can't dwell in that place. It's a cesspool of stagnant water in your soul. It's just nasty. Right? And it just attracts all kinds of mess. In other words, there is a place of maturity that begins to understand that, see it within yourself, and begin to deal with it. Because the enemy would like nothing more than that kind of a mindset to keep you right where you are. Isn't that right? So often, often, I understand when, when people come and talk about issues, we, we talk about their issues, but sometimes I encounter people that it's just negative all the time. Eventually, I'm always just like, hey, time out. Tell me something good. Tell me something good. And sometimes they're like, uh, well, uh, I they're standing there thinking for a couple seconds. I'm just like, I'll help you out. Look outside. That's good that beautiful out there that's good you have any friends maybe if they're negative all the time you have to think about that um yeah yeah i have a friend that's good mom and dad's still alive yep that's good what's good out there you know god everything we have comes from god even if it's not in your mind directly related so the goodness comes from him what is good you got a roof over your head. Yep, that's good. Dwell on that. Did you eat before you came to that? Yep, I had some. Yep, that's good. Dwell on that. All these, all these things are routed to God some way. Think on the good. If you got nothing else, then think about God. He's always there. The faithfulness and the patience and the wonder of who he is. My goodness. Then, 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 when you think all those good thoughts, think about yourself. Well, I'm saved. The, the biggest issue of my life is taken care of. I've been forgiven of my sins. And he turned it to his mind with him. Well, my goodness, that's enough that should make you stand up and shout a little bit. Right? You've got to start thinking on the good things like Paul's right, the lovely and the pure. Think on those things. You'll start to deal with negativity in your mind. As a matter of fact, when you start to have rollover and negativity in your mind, you've got to stop yourself and say, nope, not going there. I'm going to purposely right now think on the good. You you know when negativity attacks me? It tries. If I can't sleep at night and I'm just laying there and I start thinking about stuff, that's when negativity comes to my life. Anybody else like that? that's, That's when it comes to me. Now I start thinking about all the stuff I have to do and all the problems i got to fix and all the things i got to deal with. And and that's why I start feeling like, life is terrible. Everything's a problem, you know? And a lot of times I'll end up falling asleep. When I wake up in the morning, I go, what was that about? Come on. And I call myself a name. I shouldn't do that. You knucklehead. You know, do something like that. Don't do that. Don't be like me. I can handle it. But why would I do that? What... Did, does that solve anything? Absolutely not. Solves nothing. Did it change anything? No. Did it help me? No. Did it fix anything? No. What is the point? It'd been better to stop myself, and but God is good. And man, I've been doing this stuff for a long time, and here I am. Guess well. I guess I'm gonna keep me going. That's good. And he hasn't failed me yet. Okay, what's the point of thinking it this way? And we start dealing with this negativity that we think about. Amen? But, but you've, you've got to stop yourself. Or, or it's, like, it's like a cartoon, the little snowball just rolls and just runs over everything in its way. and just, It's just like that, just snowballs. You've got to stop it. In the name of Jesus. And promote life. Now, I want to kind of talk a minute about other people, though. And this was on my heart at the beginning of Wednesday, the last week or the week before. I, I talked about this briefly. Look, here's the thing. Negativity breeds negativity. So you have to learn... How to stop negativity at your front door when it comes to other people. I'm talking about people who are negative. I've come across people who ain't nothing wrong going on in your life, but they become negative because they're hanging around with somebody who's negative and they're just listening to all their negative stuff, and now they got that person being negative. Right? And you're negative before you know it, just because negativity breeds negativity. You've got to learn to shut the front door when negativity comes your way. Or else you'll end up where they're at. Now, again, they may be going through stuff. I get it. Or it just may be the way they are. It's the negative thought, negative process. Everything's negative. Always a problem with something, never anything good. They they even may may cause you to be negative about something you thought was great. Now, all of a sudden, it's negative just because they're negative about it. I see that in church sometimes, by the way. You've got to stop it at the door of your heart and your mind and protect yourself. But but it's, it's not that I don't have empathy. I do have great empathy. I have great uh, uh, compassion for people that are stuck in that, that cycle. I get it. But the thing is, what we need to do are, are people to be people that promote life to others. In the same way, you should be promoting life in your own mind. It's, it's kind of like it's kind of like this. Maybe a side thing. It's kind of like if 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 you're hanging out with somebody, and all of a sudden, for whatever reason, they start gossiping about somebody. You need to shut the door, and they'll perpetuate the gossip. Even if it's a juicy tidbit of information, you're just like, are you just serious right now? No, shut the door. But promote life. How do you promote life? I'll well, tell you what. Why don't we just pray for, for, for Rhett right now and promote life instead of perpetuating gossip about Rhett? I don't know. He's just laying here. That's why I picked his name. How I many know what I'm talking about? You have an opportunity right there to promote life instead of Perpetuate the negativity. See what I'm getting at? That you are one who is, because some of you are acquainted with, they're your friend, that you are saying, okay, I care about you enough to do something different for you than what you're doing for yourself and now bringing to me. That's what friends do, by the way. And you you do something like this. Oh oh wow okay whoa whoa whoa. What is God saying about that? You you turn them back to Jesus. Whoa whoa, whoa I hear you, but but I tell you what, let's jump in. Let's see what the Bible says about that. Man, I know you've been stuck in a cycle, but the Bible says. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Help their negativity. You know what I mean? Don't let it come in, but now turn around and promote life. Now, I tell you what, if that puts them off, oh well. Eventually, they'll appreciate it. I guarantee it. They will eventually. may I want to hear it at the moment. Because a lot of times, people that are stuck in a negative cycle they say they want out of it, but a lot of times they really don't. And the moment they're pressed on their negative cycle, they often respond in a way of stepping back from what is trying to promote life to them. But see, as a friend to say, "Hey, what does Scripture say? What does God say? I, I don't know what he's saying. I'll tell you what I'll do. How about for the next seven days, let's pray. And let's see what God starts to speak to you. You promote life. Turn it right back to God. Right back to God. And then you be a constant in their life the entire time. And and I said it's sort of like this, and, and especially if it's a situation. It could be a situation. But as their life is like blowing around in the wind, whoosh, you're just sort of standing there. If they choose to grab on, you, you are a stable spot for them. If they choose to grab on to you. Because your whole thing is, what is God saying? Let's pray. What's the Bible says? And you're a constant. I'll tell, tell you what. My, my, I'll say of the top five things that a pastor should be, in a church and in a flock of people is not to have all the answers for you, it's just be constant and be consistent. That's my job. Because I'm not going to have all the answers for you, but I know who does. So what I'm going to do is say, what does God say? What does the Bible say? Have you prayed about this? Have you fasted? Okay, well, let's keep going then. Let's keep praying. Let's keep fasting. That, that's one of the biggest things that I can do for a church of people is just be consistent. And if you learn that for other people, you will be an incredible source of life for other people. Now, whenever life's doing this, you just kind of arrive,, you, You're doing this. While, you know, you're, not, you're not going up and down. You're not getting wrapped up in their negativity. You keep promoting life. Right? That's one of the best things you can do. See, and and I believe that you will begin to help them overcome their processes, that they start stuck in a cycle, stuck in a cycle. And I have great empathy for it, but they're stuck in a cycle. I believe, I believe, just like everything else, we believe that they can break out of it. In Jesus' name. But you can be a source of life for them to help see that happen. I believe that. So what, what, is God, what is God asking of you? Perfection of how you think? Nope. But the awareness to deal with it and be growing in how you think. Amen. Well, I'm just not good enough. What does the Bible say? I don't think I'm going to make it. What does the Bible say? I think this is too big of a challenge. What does the Bible say? I don't think I'm going to get through. What does the Bible say? Nobody likes me. What does the Bible say? I've been left out. What does the Bible say? I've been treated wrong. What does the Bible say? And all those things and a, a million others just kind of keep pushing you towards life. Okay. Okay, I get it. But I'm not saying that stuff wasn't real. But hey, let's go. Let's go. You, you, you know what be an amazing thing as a community of believers that gather together consistency that this house is a big, massive house as the scriptures say. Let us encourage one another as long as it is today. Because there are people that need encouraged. They need it because life is just a mess. And they know every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock and every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, if they just drag themselves in there, somebody's going to shake their hand and say, it's good to see you. There may be somebody that grabs a hold and, hey, can I pray for you tonight? Right? Do you understand how constant and consistent that is for people? That they know when they come to this church, they're not going to get gossiped about, put down about because of their situation. Now, doesn't mean we let all the mess go. But part of the encouragement is, okay, well, let's, how about we go over this way instead of over there? Right? And we we could be that place. I think we are. I think we'd be better. Right? We're pushing towards life. life. Life in Jesus. Because salvation, the word behind salvation, sozo, it's an entire being salvation situation that includes your mind. So, so we gotta, we got to fight the fight right here. Deal with negativity in your life. See, that whole business, love your neighbor as yourself, right? When you start to really grasp that concept, you'll start to think about how the actions, your reactions, the things you say, your demeanor, your attitude, you'll start to think about how you affect other people. And you at some point, if if you're a negative, you know, psycho kind of person, you'll at some point grasp how your consistent negativity affects other people. You think about that. And you realize that's really not loving my neighbor as myself. Because uh, I want life promoted in me by Jesus. Maybe I need to learn how to break that and promote life in other people. I start thinking about, again, my attitude. Thinking about the words that I say. I think about how I respond when I don't like something or something doesn't go my way. There's a right way to deal with stuff. Right? Think about these things. You start to check your mind. And when you start to get a grasp on that, then, then, then your eyes will be open to how, what other people are doing. Now, all of a sudden, now you have an opportunity to promote life to others because you're an encourager now. And the words that you speak up lift and build up. I, I set a goal for myself a few years ago that every single day I was going to try to do something to encourage another person. And you would think, well, that should be easy. not that easy. If it's a text, sending scriptures out, a phone call, and say, hey, I think you're great. Well, hey, you've been doing this at church. You're doing a great job. Every day, just, but it, it, it turns into a conscious way of seeing people. So, so what I learned a long time ago was, when I'm pastoring, it, it's very easy to see a person and see every.